Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Every Day is a New Day show. My name is Kim O'Neill and I am so excited to be here with you today. As always, I really love being able to do this show and and support people who are doing their mission-filled work and and uh, all of it. And so, so we are going to be talking today about the smile of depression and why real com- communication matters. The smile of depression and why real communication matters. Before we get into that, though, let's take a quick moment to shake off yesterday. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Take a deep breath in. Remember that every day truly is a new opportunity for you to for you to realign, to be fully present in who you are, maximizing this moment for yourself. And okay, let's move in. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for today's topic, if, if you can't tell. Really excited. So I want to share with you a quote that I think is also excellent for today's topic from Carl Jung. What you resist persists. What you resist persists. How true is that? How, can you think about where that shows up in your life? What you resist per- persists. And yet when we take a moment to acknowledge what is, how things are, it finally has a moment to be released, right? Which is usually why we're resisting it in the first place. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me share a little bit about today's guest with you. Today is a special day for her because she just launched her book. And so let me share with you about Gail F. Woods. Gail F. Woods is the author of Smile of Depression, Learning to Savor the Strawberries and Flush the Ish. Uh, She used another word, but I guess I'm, I'm sure you can guess what word that is. Learning to Savor the Strawberries and Flush the Ish. Smile of Depression is her emotional memoir of her lifelong battle with undiagnosed clinical depression and her lifelong quest for finding much-needed peace and good health. In 2016, after retiring from 20 years of teaching in Texas, Gail and her husband Dan packed up seven suitcases and relocated to Costa Rica. Gail is also a retired educator, journalist, and writer who uses her life experiences to inspire others to go after their dreams. And lastly, I do want to share that Gail is also the former copy editor, staff writer, and ghost writer for the So Awesome Evolutionary Business Council and Wildfire Workshops. And today we're going to be talking more about her journey up and out of depression and how real communication matters. So with that, welcome to the show, Gail. Thank you for having me. I Yes, it's an honor to have you here today. I'm going to go ahead and show on screen right now your book so everyone knows and they can head on over and pick this up. You are the author of the newly published Smile of Depression, Learning to Savor the Strawberries and Flush the Ish. How does it feel to be a new author? It feels awesome. Someone asked, already asked me this morning how, uh, what was, what would be a success today? And I said, it's already happened. Okay, the fact that I wrote the story and it's published today and out in the world is my success. After that, it's all a bonus. So I'm excited. And so I've co-authored a few books. um, So I'm familiar with the writing process of the publishing process. And of course, you've been a writer for many, many years. But how I want to get into how was writing this book different from other writing experiences you've had? Okay, first of all, uh, I taught writing for years, okay? Um, 
and always wrote with my students, but they were always kind of analytical essays and things. So, and I always had my diary, but other than that, I really didn't in my career um, really write to publish, okay? I was still suffering from depression uh, and still wearing a mask even when I began to heal. I, I kept that mask on. So um, it was, it's this book, okay, and telling this story has been um, a miraculous healing journey for me. Um, I started out, I began angry and needed to tell my story um, because what had happened was unfair. And by, at, you know, in the middle of the story, and it, uh, it flipped for me um, that I began to see the earth angels. I began to realize that uh, my parents, okay, who very much control my story, um, did the best that they could with what they had in their background. So I, I, I have evidence of drafts where my tone shifted 100% to be thankful and to express, you know, um, my gratitude for the journey that I took. Um, but I don't, mine lasted, you know, 50 years, <laughs> 38 years before I ever got diagnosed. So I don't want anybody else to keep quiet. That if I had just spoken truly, then my life would have been different. So basically I went through a little bit of, of feeling guilty at the end and angry with myself, but um, I, you know, I just kept going and I healed. Um, Costa Rica has been a huge part of that journey. I wrote the whole book, okay? It took me two years with some breaks in there. Some of them were emotional breaks. Um, mm -hmm. But in the last nine months, I sat down and that's when the keyboard started taking over. <laughs> and the thoughts were just coming out of my fingers, okay, onto the keyboard. And, and I don't know where, you know, my husband would sit there and say, where have you been? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been an experience and now it's time. Um, I've been asked what my goals are for the, you know, for this book a and it's to talk, you know, to be able I, to. <laughs> well, it, I, I love it. You, thank you. Thank you for, for where you've already taken us because there's so much here. I, I want to go I want to speak to that. You just said no to, to be able to talk. And, and you mentioned a moment ago about you don't want people to be quiet. And I would love for you to say a little bit more about that. What do you mean by being quiet? Okay. Um, as you'll, people will see when they get to know my story inside, um, pretty much the mass came from a young age and before I even really learned how to talk. It was, don't cry. Don't okay. cry, Dorothy Gale, okay? And so truly a pattern developed of, of I would pass out <laughs> as a little, little girl, okay? 
and so it, you know, it went from there. Um, we were not allowed, you know, to share what was going on inside the house in our in our family, and we were a normal family, and stuff happens, right? You know? So, um, and the fact that the timing. You know, this was in 19, I was born in 54. So late 50s, early 60s, into the 70s. And there was no background. There was no, you know, information available on especially what I've learned, smiling depression. Yes. I mean, I, by writing this book, I found out that's a real thing. I, I, <laughs> so. I, you know, and, and in preparing for this, for our conversation today that I did too, I was like, I didn't realize that was an actual thing. And so, yeah, so back in 1954, I know that emotions weren't even considered a regular thing to talk about in therapy sessions. But of course, even therapy had its own stigma in its, you know, itself. Yeah. Okay, without giving your whole story away, would you be open to sharing just a little bit about what you dealt with and what contributed to your depression aside from, you know, just smile? Well, we had, you know, we had a couple tragedies um, a death in okay. the family, um, an unwanted, an early unwanted, unplanned pregnancy, you know, between these are my brothers and sisters. And um, truly, life went on the next day as if nothing had happened. Okay, and no matter how bad it got. And so uh, that's one of the things I discovered as I started writing. <clears throat> Um, it was, you know, I, I qualify it in the book as a, as a, a perfect storm. Um, I was born to a family of uh, Stoics, to be a nice term, to the extreme, okay? And yet, God bless God, <laughs> God created a very emotional, sensitive, and empathic person when I was born. And so that perfect storm, I don't know who could have dealt with that, but um, the best story I could share about the, the, the extreme is last spring, I met in a, a, a um, convalescent home with my oldest brother, who I had not seen in many, many years for another whole story. Okay. And we sat, okay, I went there. He didn't want me to come in, I went in and we sat down and I started a real conversation, which is what I call them, conversations matter. You know? yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm all over it now. And I asked him, when did you start feeling like you were suffering from some mental and emotional illness. And we both at the same time said the same date, which is April, 1968, at the same time, first time ever, and he's seventies, that we had ever mentioned that event. Wow. Ever. So that's how extreme it was. Um, and, and, you know, I would prefer that people read the story <laughs> and figure that all out and how that all came about. But, um, well, it, it, so with that, I want to say, I know that you're, you're 
a fan of the phrase real communication matters. And it, it, it clearly, it's obvious that there's a depth of that within your story. Um, mm -hmm. And you also have referred to it as a desperate call to awareness. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about that? When we're talking about okay, communication? Okay, part of my desperate call is to my own family. Okay, first mm -hmm. and foremost. And that's why this is a success that this book is published because they will, <laughs> they have, you know, <laughs> grandma and mom and aunt Gail and, uh, uh, you know, has said, I'll give you a quiz if I need to, you know, but they have to know because most importantly, I have some family members that don't appreciate the rebirth of my communication skills and, and my, aunt, yeah. yeah, including my mom. When my mom is, you know, has deceased, um, and so is my dad. But when I started healing, okay, and really, truly healing, which took a while because you have to tell the truth, um, my mother called me a born again communicator, not with a smile on her face, okay? And I still have some family members who are, uh, what's the word? keeping that going, you know, right. um, not Cause only because it, it can be a safe space for people to stay in the space. comfort. Right. Yep. Um, but it's sick, you know, and it contributes to more sickness. And in this day and age, I see it as how are you? I'm fine. And then we pass and keep walking. And for many years, I've always been you at least got to stop and look the person in the face for a second, you know, um, and then decide if you can do more, if yeah. they want more, need more, you know, and I connect it now to, you know, of course, my focus has always been on teenagers because that's who I worked with and fell in love with and um, counseled way too much. <laughs> but um you just have to, there's so many suicides and all that now. It just seems so timely to have, you know, the conversation of conversations matter. And, you know, if I was going to add something, I'd say real, real, yeah. you know, and they have to go back and forth and they can't be emojis, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just yeah, emojis. Yeah. Yeah, so. it, it, when you say real, I hear deep, I hear deep authentic. I hear something that's getting to the heart of the matter and not just surface level. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, I made the choice to move to Costa Rica almost seven years and we left behind. Okay. Behind four grandchildren at the time they were all kind of adolescent and, and teenager. And now they're you know, all four of them are in their twenties. Uh, um, but I didn't leave behind, okay, communicating with them. And so, but there, it's a different generation now too. You know, small talk is not their thing at all. I know, I think it's a great thing actually. I, I love that. So it's, you know, um, my focus is always and always has been family, okay. Um, and then we'll broaden that. I broadened that to the, all the students that came 
to me. And, you know, if we want to line them up, there's thousands of them, but they always said that I was the most real teacher they ever had. And, you know, I lived by that. I taught by that. Um, and uh, I shared that that was a place I shared crazy enough. I taught communication also. So I shared, wow. you know, my story in bits and pieces with them and, and made a difference. You know, I had a few that I actually, you know, got where they needed to be. I'm sure I learned early. It wasn't with me. They needed to be. I was not a trained counselor. My counselor told me that a long time ago. So I did, but, I did learn that. But I can imagine what a, what a blessing that would be to have a teacher <clears throat> who is able to frog in my throat all of a sudden, we're talking about communication, <clears throat> excuse me, to have a teacher who can, um, and we'll, we'll get into this in just a moment here, but who can model um, more of communication, of real communication, even if you were, you know, had your own stuff that it's being worked out behind the scenes that you're processing, right? To be right. that person who knows what it, what it's like to come from a family background where things are not spoken about and you're not the only one. That's why today's topic is so important. So relevant, right. you know, especially that you wrote a book about it because so many people can relate to this. So um, I'm sure you absolutely made a difference. And I do want to just highlight, I, I put it on screen a moment ago. Um, we have Helene watching right now with us saying, Gail Woods, we appreciate you. Um, thank you. You know, thank you for being a teacher. And so let me, so let me ask you next. Um, I, I know that you've now made it your mission to model com compassionate based communication. And so share a little bit about what does that look like and how has that impacted relationships in your life today? Well, I'm down here in Costa Rica. And so I have to, you know, I, I am thankful for translator. <laughs> number one, <laughs> so I can keep talking, you know, and they could understand. I have learned I'm probably about 50-50 at this point, um, which I should be better. But the pandemic kept us from talking you know, to Ticos. <laughs> so that kind of put me back a little bit. But I do use it. We, My husband's a band teacher and a music teacher all his life. And, and he became a director of the local band down here in Costa Rica when we first got here. And we met so many young adults. And we have four of them now as our children that we've, you know, Aww. unofficially adopted. And one of them um, thanks me all the time for my, how do you know what I'm thinking over, you know, email or over Facebook? How do you always have the right words to say? And, you know, as I say to my husband often, you know, I moved from the United States because the empathy hurts. Okay, when there's so much need, it affects me. My heart hurts. Um, and I thought, okay, distance will help. It didn't, but it has controlled it. You know, I have learned to control it. Um, so you mean uh, tapping into what other people are feeling and how sometimes yeah. it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I get you. It doesn't feel good to know that other people are hurting so much, right? And so, how do you deal with no. that? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I'll get emails and uh, people think they're just saying, you know, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, da, 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 you know, <laughs> so uh, letters are good for me. I write a lot of letters and, and posts and and messages to people because um, then I'm able to uh, kind of control a little bit. OK, you know, so 
Um, but I don't stop. I don't stop. I do it here. I do it back in the States. I have countless um, young teachers that I mentored that, oh my gosh, I could not be a teacher in this day and age. Uh, number one, I could yeah. not teach what I taught because all my books are banned. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I I want to get into, so talking about banning, uh, you you mentioned earlier on about masking, right? Masking yes. the depression. And I know that you've mentioned that today you you feel like you cannot mask for even a few hours. Will, will you just talk about that? What is, talk about the experience of masking and, and share a little more about that with us. Okay. Masking in my case truly was to put, um, what I didn't know until, you know, what it was, um, was just really to put a smile on my face and do what I was told. And I was also a do-gooder, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, follow the rules, don't, don't, no conflicts, no, you know, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I loved them very much. I just, then I used to say to myself, why do my brothers and sisters do stuff that makes mom and dad angry? You know, can't they just do the right thing? You know, oh, wow. so, um, but what I learned eventually is to, I would go when I couldn't take it anymore, I would go in my closet or I would go under my covers um, and I would be me and I would read. Okay. From okay. the get go from, I don't even remember not ever being a reader. I read still. Okay. Um, then that was my great escape. Um, and you know, um, I just learned to every once in a while, start telling the truth, but the best, again, the best stories in the, in the book, I have a, girlfriend that's been my friend since 1967 and and went through all I mean my best friend and and her brother's my second best friend and they they had no idea because okay. you masked so well yeah my yeah. first husband okay and this is really sad this was one of the things I had to deal with when I went to him after 17 years of marriage and said, I want a divorce. He had no, not a second clue that there was a problem. And that's oh, wow. horrible. Wow. That was wrong on my part, you know? <clears throat> and that's one of the things I realized I couldn't really, you know, he did what he did <laughs> and he lived the way he lived. He was a wonderful provider, but that's what he did is work. And, but, you know, you just go along. You go. I, I was a go along to get along, smiling, um, and finally, and finally, finally, I, I got, you know, a counselor and a medical okay. doctor who who said, "Tell me about your life," and that well, started the healing. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. And I, what I want, I want to acknowledge is that's kind of, I think this catch 22 myth that a lot of people can think is that 
like, like you just said, right. I just want everyone to get along. So I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to keep the peace. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to um, rattle any boats or cages or whatever the phrase is. Right. And that way I'm helping to control that everything's going to be just fine. But on the flip side is when you're not having that real communication, like, Hey, husband, things aren't going so well, or Hey, so-and-so, you know, I really need to talk about this or whatever it has that adverse effect on that other yeah. person and which yeah. is, you know, reciprocal within your relationship with that person. It's, it's, we, there's the illusion of if I just keep calm yeah. and keep the peace that I'm keeping the peace, but really you're actually contributing to greater. Yeah. It's, you, it's you a, know, yeah. It's a house of, of mirrors. There you go. With smiles in every mirror, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it was horrible, you know. It was there's lots of physical effects from doing that too, which I think is another whole area um, that's important for people to realize. I the school year before I finally was diagnosed, and that was 1996. I had every medical test possible on my digestive tract areas. I mean, wow. everyone and nobody could find anything, you know? Um, and, you know, and there's a list of ailments that, that it'll do. You just can't do that and be healthy. As you started to unpack everything, see a therapist and, and develop healthier communication for yourself and your relationships and all that, um, what did you notice about your your physical health and experiences? Um, <clears throat> A lot of things felt better. Uh, I, I want to be real honest. It took me till I got here in Costa Rica and started uh, to walk a path of healing here. Okay. Um, to really understand uh, everything that had happened and how not to do, to allow that to happen to me. Okay. And so, you know, and, and it's a process. And, but when I'm, my last month of teaching in May of 2016, I was an assistant principal that year in charge of discipline and anti-bullying. It was a great financial boost for me as a teacher. Okay. And we wanted to go to Costa Rica early and we were looking for money. Craziest decision I ever made. I was certified that last month by a medical doctor to not go back to my office to end my career. And so that the next month I come to Costa Rica. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So, uh, I've healed I've healed amazingly. And so that's a big plug for Costa Rica because, you know, I call it my swim, pray and heal tour because that's what I did for the last two years. I really focused on it. I, I wanted to write the book. I wanted to be helped. You know, I, I kind of made my declarations and I happened to live uh, on a farm, a finca here that oh. is just paradise. We rent a little house here that has a swimming pool within walking distance, you know. So that's what I did. I swam every day. We live on the back porch. 
I sat in my moo-moo on the back porch with my iPad and wrote the book and healed at the same time. So it can be done. What okay. what I hear, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's okay. You have to put yourself first and that's hard too. That was hard for me. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I, what I hear is you, you, you completely transformed your environment, which yeah. for you was moving to a whole other country and you immersed yourself in it literally by being in the new space. But then I also just the swimming, the act of swimming and being with water is very yeah. cleansing and, and sounds like you really just made that your daily new daily experience yeah. where you yeah. had space and space, space and nature. Yeah. I mean, you can't nature. even, you know, we live outside. We have, you know, a house full of windows. You can see behind me. That's, that's looking out the front. Okay. okay. Well, it's twice as beautiful out the other way. <laughs> okay. The other windows and um, they're always open. We have no heat, no air. We have, birds in the morning and the trees and the flowers. Oh, so um, I, I just embrace, and I'll tell you what else. I've been a Christian all my life, okay? A believer. Um, I no longer am an organized religious person um, for various reasons. That's another book. But uh, you cannot miss God in this country. And mm. we knew that we came here to visit for five days after saying, well, we better go there first, you know? And I can't even, you know, one day in another book, I will list all of the God things that happened in those seven or eight days. So we knew. That sounds wonderful. It's a kind, it's the most kind country. It's recognized for that and it truly is. And I'm all about kindness, <laughs> all about kindness too. So we're in a good spot. We miss our grandkids a lot, but um, soon they'll have enough money of their own to come down here. <laughs> they come and visit, but. Well, we, we are, we're not done here yet, but I do just want to say to our live audience, cause we are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and we've got some people with us. And so anybody who has any questions, I just want to invite anyone to comment down below wherever you're watching us. And uh, I would love to be able to ask Gail your question. Um, but I will go ahead and share. I love knowing that you are living in Costa Rica. So I decided to wear all my Costa Rican jewelry. Oh, I've yeah, been cool. there once. yeah, I've <laughs> got this bracelet and this necklace and, uh, and then this ring that was handmade right in front of me from an artisan. So, uh, it's yeah. a beautiful experience. Like you talked it about. Is. It's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. And, and you know, um, my sons are hardworking 40 year olds in their forties. And, uh, the one when he, Kevin, when he comes down here, he says, you have to come down here, mom, to really understand all that you've been saying, because there's a feeling here, you know, and that the, the Costa Ricans have the expression pura vida, and it truly is. And then, you know, you get so into pura vida that, you know, you take it to another level and that's, it sounds mystical, but it truly is true. So. I, I want to ask you, were there any, uh, you mentioned that you started to see a therapist and that's when healing started. And then of course we know about Costa Rica, how that also contributed. Um, were there any, you know, was it all just a gradual process or were there any real key pivotal moments where you, you said enough is enough. I've got to do something different. Well, I would say at the end of the, you know, 1996, because I was so sick, um, okay. physically sick. Uh, because I had 
over the years had, you know, kind of what would be described as women things, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> especially, and I'd go to, you know, the gynecologist, oh, it's got to be hormonal. And then I'd go home, you know, because, but also I never told the truth until 1996. What? Say more about that. I never told the truth. I went to doctors. Um, I went to a couple counselors and I never found my voice. Uh, okay. I, it was so cut off and stifled. You know, I kind of call, I wanted to start this book was kind of saying the, sh the ripping off of the mask because you do it little bit by little bit and little bit, you know, um, and, <clears throat> but you can't quit, you know, you, and I don't, I, you know, I, I say in the, I, either in the, I think it's in the end of my book that and it's a true statement that just blows me away. Mm -hmm. I can't mask for a second. I truly cannot mask at all now. And that's what bugs a lot of people. <laughs> and you, you know what, though? That's that's okay. Like, we have the ability to, I think the screen froze. Uh, okay, I'm just going to speak for a few moments. We, When we are our most authentic self, we have the ability to engage in more authentic relationships, right? Because if we're not being that, then we don't even have the opportunity for that greater authenticity. Gail, can you hear me? The screen completely froze. I'm going to go ahead and put a few thoughts up on the screen. We've got some awesome viewers with us. Hi. We have Sharon with us. Oh, Gail, you're back. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> we have Sharon with us saying, hi, Mama Gail. Lorelai, Jeff and I are watching. Congratulations on your book. That's my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, love it. And then we have Ivana with us saying, great to be here and receive inspiration. Yeah, Thank you, yeah. Ivana, for that. Um, so, Gail, do you want to add a little bit more to that about um, that process of, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, this is what I want to ask you. That process, I know is not easy. That process of undoing the the um, behavior pattern of, of not being truthful, not speaking your truth, right? Like that's when we have those things that are so ingrained, it's it's not an easy quick switch to, oh, now I'm just going to start always telling the truth, always being my right. real self. What was that like for you as you started to turn that tide and now speak more of your truth and also noticing other people aren't liking it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything there you'd like to share? Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because when I was going through it, it was much more difficult than to look back. You know, it seemed pain like it took forever to get to that. Um, I credit, okay, in the uh, counselor that was recommended to me in 1996 by the medical doctor who said in the emergency room, tell me about your life, okay? okay. And he's so, you know, he finally diagnosed <laughs> the, the digestive problem. Okay. And, so I started with this man, Jim Easley is his name in Texas, and he has since passed away, but I called him Angel Jim, and he was. And um, the very first thing that he did, uh, well, 
you know, after the first couple of weeks of, of just getting to know you and getting all the history in and, you know, um, was uh, take me in my mind to certain events that needed resolving and a resolution. Uh, and, you know, I remember coming out of there and, and immediately having my shoulders back and my neck back. Okay. That's, those are some of my symptoms that this just goes up like that, you know? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, a lot of the truth telling began when I was safe, safer here in Costa Rica than, and not having to go to a job and not having to face, um, you know, and hide who I really was and stuff. So um, I started probably my first guinea pigs were like teenagers and things, and, and, you know, which helped me know that, well, we still love you. Yeah, Miss Woods, um, even though, you know, and uh, so, um, but do you, do you think that was the underlying fear that if I speak my truth, I won't be loved? Yes. You know, if your parents are telling you that, right. you know, if, if your tear drips at the dining room table and they say, go to your room, Dorothy Gell, you know, um, then yes. I, you know, and I understand that. I, plus, you know, and this is an interesting thing about uh, Texas. I moved to Texas. Okay. And went to, I moved to Texas with my first husband and then I went to college, got my degree, graduated and stuff, and then got divorced and started my teaching career. Um, but <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. That's not surprising. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I think that's a really, um, I'm glad we touched on that. I think that's a really key point to, um, if there's anybody, you know, that reads your book, that's listening to today's conversation that can relate to this smiling depression, mm -hmm. they might want to ask themselves, you know, is the reason why I'm behaving this way, the reason why I'm masking, the reason why I, I don't fully speak my truth because I think I won't be loved if I do. Because a lot of times these underlying beliefs or fears, we just, they, they're not connecting. We're not connecting the dots. But if someone can go, wait a second, oh my gosh, logically I know that's not true. Or right. let me look for evidence that it's not true if you aren't sure if it's true or not. Um, yeah. Because I'd like to affirm that everybody is loved and uh, you get to be even loved even more for who you truly are when you speak your truth but it's dependent on you speaking your truth. So it's, anyway, I, I just think that's a really key point. I'm glad that we, we uncovered that. Well, I remember what I was going to say now about Texas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When you're, and I, you know, I love Texas and my husband is a native. Okay. Texan, Dan, but Texas is a country unto itself. So first of all, you know, I wasn't a Texan. Second of all. Okay. And this is just a true statement. I never said it back then, but I'm a, blazing liberal okay and texas is not so not only did i keep my emotions and, and truth quiet i never even admitted okay wow. because my whole campus wow. okay. was full of republicans i mean you know <laughs> so oh. you, you just can't 
see how I mean? Now this is going to go out there and they're all, they're all going to drop their chins, but it's, it's true. You just, you know, you go along to get along and then it becomes an illness. There you go. I, you know, and I think it's a great example because it's, it's, it's just another, um, another example of how, you know, when you're in an environment where you feel like you can't be your true self, you're stifled, right? And then you yeah. go to an environment where you can, all of a sudden you can undo all that and, and now be yourself. And um, I want to, I, I, I'm, I'm going to add on to what I said a moment ago. I because that people. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I'm doing, you, you do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah. So um, it, I'm going to go back to what I said a moment ago, because you were talking earlier about, um, way earlier you said something about, you know, how it's hard to prioritize yourself and take care of yourself first. Right. And I know a lot of people can relate to that too. And so, as I was just saying a moment ago, right, the more that you allow your authentic self to be yourself, then the more other people can love you. And you might be thinking, no, that's not Kim. That's not true, Kim, because we've just talked about, right. The people who don't want to talk to you anymore, the people who don't <laughs> like you for your authentic self. And that's when you take care of yourself first, because when you're yeah. filling yourself up with your own love, Right. It's okay if other people, there are some people who are who are choosing to say, well, let me back away now from this person who's showing up more authentic. Um, yeah, there's and a lot more to be impacted. You know, that's just a big plus for me. Even, you know, uh, Ivana posted earlier, Ivana lived in Costa Rica for a few years and we became you know, real close friends. And uh, she's a life coach, okay? And I didn't want to be coached. <laughs> but just because we were hanging out, you know, uh, we both learned how to uh, come out and be ourselves. Um, and so she, you know, um, it doesn't end. She called me this morning on, on Facebook and um, we chatted and she just wanted to tell me how proud she was of me. And I'm so proud also of me. And um, you know what? Even the people that that don't really, when they read the book and their jaws drop and their heads shake, um, they're going to have to be okay with it because this is me. In all your this, glory. In all my glory. Okay, so. Um, Let's put you your know. book back up on the screen so everyone can see it. So this book just came out today, Smile of Depression. Hope you can read the fine print. Learning to savor the strawberries and flush the ish. And of course, you know, that's okay. another word. Yes. If you, when you read the book, okay, uh -huh. you will understand that phrase. If you look closely, you'll see it's in single quotes, okay, because somebody taught me that uh. and it works. It's really mindfulness. You okay. have to savor. Okay. I had a bunch of stuff happen this morning before this launch that was not pleasant for me. Okay. Oh. And I had to like, okay, it's my day. Here I am. Okay. You don't get to do that to me today. And we're going to just, you know, the success is here. The book is out. So I stand I, by it. I, thank you for sharing that. I love that you shared that because this is kind of a, a thing that can show up for people, right? When we've been in, and, and I have my own ways. We're not going to get into my story, but I can relate to a lot of what you're sharing today too. So, but this is a common thing that can happen when we've been in the process of, 
you know, releasing what doesn't serve us and opening up to more of what does, there can be this momentum of other stuff from the past that still shows up. And you clearly have gotten really good at being able to practice being yourself, speaking your yeah. truth, right? And so, and life always ebbs and flows. So as the ish shows up, Gail knows to say, uh-uh, I'm going to honor <laughs> myself. I'm going to respect and love myself. I get to be happy today. And I if my it. mother was still alive, she would be horrified with that word on the cover of my book. But that's just the way it goes. <laughs> well, and I'm only not saying it because of like, um, like oh, I know. rules with the podcasting and all that, you know, like, well, yeah, that's all. I know we're about to go, but I want to say one more controversial thing. Okay. Yes, please. Because I asked somebody about this. Today is 420. All right. Which has a special meaning in uh -huh. the world. Okay. Of marijuana and CBD and all of that. Okay. I, okay. I think it's cool that my book is published on 420 and there is a message about the importance of that medicinal oh. value to me and my life and my healing. I'm, and I'm so I left it out of the book for a while. And somebody who actually knew me said, well, you're going to put that in there about yourself, aren't you? Because you for sure couldn't tell people that when you were teaching, okay, <laughs> stuff. And I said, you're right. I need to go back. If I'm telling the truth, I need to go back. And I need to make that part of my conversation. And I promised him I would. So there we have it. <laughs> I've taken over your she said it. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to share a few more comments here. Uh, Ivana is affirming truth. We'll set you free. Absolutely. Yes. And Helena saying being you is absolutely awesome. I agree. Good people. Yeah, we do. I know we have a lot of great people here. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. So, <laughs> Gail. Okay. So I'm going to share, um, I'm going to share with everyone where they can connect with you. You gave us your Facebook link. So we're going to just pop that up on screen for anybody who'd like to connect with Gail. She is on Facebook and the end of the link is gail.woods.986 and Gail is G-A-I-L, gail.woods.986. And, uh, and I will reply. I will communicate with them. Okay. Uh, until I can't. So, but I imagine that I'll be communicating because that's what I want to do. Well, and let's make sure everyone knows you can go to Amazon now and get Smile of Depression. And uh, is it's available as it's available as a Kindle, correct? Yeah, it's available as an ebook and a paperback book. E oh, perfect. Both. Okay, so it's yes. available as both. Uh, wonderful. And Gail, if you could go back to your younger self or just simply speak to a younger person today, which I know you've done a lot with your teaching, but. Uh, what would you like that person who's currently living in a family where they don't feel that it's safe to smile or to just simply communicate and be their authentic self, feel and show their emotions? What would you like to say to that person? Find a person, one, that you trust. Okay. It does not have to be your parents or your sisters or brothers. Okay. It can be, but it needs to be someone even if you're a teenager, that you trust, that you tell the truth to, it's okay. And it's so, so, so important. And you know what? And it's 
much easier, much easier, night and day than it was when I was growing up. And I'm, I'm very fortunate for, uh, and, you know, I sometimes get frustrated with social media and, and the way it's taken over and, and the harm that it does, yeah. but it does make available um, a world of help to others. Uh, but, you know, they have to be picking, just pick and choose um, and, at, you know, find somebody, but it, it can just be your friend. You just have to share yourself. Yeah, share. I love that. And I want to simply add the reason why it's important. It's important for your mental health. It's important for your emotional health. It's important for your physical health. It's important for many, many, many reasons. So, And you know what? Nobody's more special than you are yourself. Absolutely. I agree. It the whole world. You know, if I, I raised two sons. They didn't know either. So, you know, they and love me very much. I have to highlight this point too. So, uh, I, cause I was thinking about uh, journaling, right? For those people who don't uh -huh. feel safe sharing with people, then journaling can be um, a great way to just start to share and get things out of you. And I just thought, I mean, here you are a writing teacher and all this stuff. Yeah. So I imagine well, writing, it was very therapeutic for you. Did you also journal as a kid? Yes, I journaled too, also, but some of their journals were very, uh, you know, I hope therapeutic for them because they shocked me lots of times, you know. Who, your uh, sons? Or your no, kids? my, my students? students that with what they would share. Because for me, I was like, wow. You know, but I would say to them always, I sure wish I was where you are now when, um, you know, that, that's a phrase that's throughout my book too, which is, a, you know, yeah. a cliche. I wish I knew then what I know now. Okay. Um, I, I know I said we were going to end, but actually I want to go back to something. Um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this quote that I began the show with? What you resist persists. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I resisted, you know, for so, so, so long. It was just, you know, and I, I even at this, even today, I can't, I was, I was under, I was a product of nature and nurture. Mm. Um, and it's hard to break out of the patterns that you're, I have five generations, okay, of uh, depression and various uh, parts of, you know, the spectrum, yeah. depression and, and um, in my family. I only had four when I started writing. Now I have, you know, the next generation. So um, we got to fix it. We got to talk about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm, I know we're supposed, we're supposed to end. I already said we're gonna end, but I'm gonna share one more quote that I have here because it's relevant to today's topic too. It's another Carl Jung quote. There can be no transforming of darkness into light and of apathy into movement without emotion. Yes. Real. I would add True emotion. True emotion. So yeah, there we, we will. There just can't be a, a you know, uh, my favorite quote that's in the book, and I could have written it, but I didn't. Okay. Okay. Um, it's anonymous. I can't even give credit. I have lots of quotes in my book. I start every chapter with, you know, some powerful messages. And this one is, I'm just fine. I'm a daughter hiding my depression. I'm your sister making a good impression. I'm a friend acting like I'm fine and so on. And that 
we shouldn't have to do that. We yeah. just shouldn't have to do that. But we did it. And, and so did my brothers and sister and, and so on and so on. So, um, well, and you're undoing that. You are being that person, bringing light to it uh, for for your family, whether they choose to, you know, yeah. you know, engage in this or not. But especially for your students, now for yeah. all of your readers right. and everyone else you come in contact with, it's a beautiful gift that you have you've brought to others. So, I want to just not and just light, light. It's light in weight. Okay, you bring lightness. I, I, I would say, I would say it's both. I, so yeah. I totally, I totally get what you're saying, right? It's like that lightness, like ooh, taking off that heaviness from yourself. And I want to say through that, you open up space for light, energetic light to flow in and more people to say, oh, I have permission to share my emotions too. I have my, I have permission to say those thoughts that I'm deeply thinking and wanting to express, but you know, maybe they like, you know, grew up in an, an environment where it wasn't safe. But by you being the example, role modeling it for them. Yeah. And, and I, you know, the, I had the advantage, you know, a strange sense of, you know, my parents were not uh, violent or angry. This is just, this was just matter of fact. This yeah. is just it. Um, so I was never, you know, afraid of what they would do, except right. I would have not be a good girl anymore. <laughs> you know what? And I think that's a really good point to make too, because, yeah. because people who are thinking like, well, no, you know, there wasn't any major trauma or any of this yeah. or that in my family. And so it, it doesn't make sense or isn't right for me to feel this way. And yet, no, you feel how you feel, what, how, what you experience is how you experience it. And so a lot of people can relate to that too, where yeah. it was a normal family and yet this isn't quite right, you know? And it, when I got to be a teenager and started like trying a little <laughs> bit to, to be myself, you know, no, my parents would just stop talking to me. And my boyfriend at the time would say, you know how great that is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No. So just, just, just go for it, people. That's my message. Be who you are because you are special. I love it, Gail. Gail, thank you so much for being here today and sharing, uh, sharing your wisdom and insight. And of course, um, congratulations again on your book, you. her book, thank Smile of Depression. Thank you for giving me my first interview. I will never forget you. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I really enjoyed this and I'm glad that I could help share your story and your book. So Gail, I'm going to go ahead and just put you back down in the lobby. I'm going to close out the show and I'll see you there again very, very soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye everybody. All right. Oh my goodness. Can you relate? What are you taking away from today's conversation? Talking about smiling depression, talking about uh, not speaking your truth, talking about not telling the truth, not being your authentic self, trying to keep the peace. Uh, so many different ways we could look at the same subject, right? And yet you think you're keeping the peace out there. Oh, this is a great point. We didn't even touch on trying to keep the peace out there creates more chaos in here, doesn't it? Remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And it always starts in here.
always, always, always. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please do give it a, a, a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, a share, any and all of that. I thank you for being here today. Have an amazing day. Um, I'll see you all again very, very soon.